Hello, and welcome to CARD, a podcast about coffee and related topics. I'm your host, Joseph Jenkins, owner and lead educator of Sustain Coffee Company. This podcast was initially inspired by the many questions that were asked during monthly Coffee 101 classes. The aim of this show is to talk through the ultra basics, cafe culture with friends, and also dive into more detailed science-focused aspects of the fruit we cherish. And we're happy you're here. So sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Before getting into the show, we wanted to remind you to follow us on Instagram at 901SustainCoffee. There, we just recently dropped our refill program, a program where you can purchase 20-ounce bottles of cold coffee or matcha limeade. And it's free delivery for everyone in the DeSoto County and Memphis area. So if you're interested and in the neighborhood, be sure to check it out. Now, on to the show. Episode 17.2, the honeymoon phase of coffee. What you drinking? Today we are enjoying a Brazil Moscardini as roasted by Reverb Coffee Roasters. We brewed it through the AeroPress with the handy Prismo attachment. And the recipe went like this. There was 18 grams of coffee, 208 grams of water. The bloom was one minute and there was heavy stirring at the beginning. At two minutes, we stirred again. And at two minutes and 35 seconds, the AeroPress was plunged. Here's some information about the farm directly from Reverb's website. The Mascardini's fourth generation Italian family coffee growers in Brazil are among the most traditional and respected growers in the Alta Mangania region. They believe in investing in new approaches and technologies with the goal of offering a truly unique cup. They also roast their coffees for local coffee shops. The natural controlled fermentation process is rigorously overseen. First, the Moscardinis carefully select the cherries for these lots and arrange them in thick piles so they begin to ferment. At night, the piles are covered to keep in their moisture. For three to four days, the humidity level and temperature of the cherries are meticulously tracked as the fermentation continues, and the piles are spread out into thinner layers, so fermentation continues at a slower rate for another few days. Finally, after about seven days, the coffee is dried on the patios until the desired moisture level is achieved. This is easily our favorite year-round Brazil. With a sesame oil finish and apple acidity, it has been the perfect coffee for cold mornings here in Memphis. Hey, it's Isaac. Uh, I just had a quick thought uh, that maybe you could cover in one of these episodes about kind of just like the, the honeymoon phase of starting uh, in coffee. You know this, I've been in coffee for almost six years now. I have kind of seen how my perception of coffee has changed greatly throughout the years. I'm curious to see if you feel the same, if you have any thoughts on that, how your time in coffee changes, uh, maybe the way you brew coffee or the way you chew certain coffees uh, when you're deciding to either brew at home or put them on espresso. Those are my thoughts. Thanks, Isaac, for the question. This question certainly has us feeling a bit of nostalgia. When one is first introduced to the specialty coffee world, it is immensely exciting. The possibilities of learning seem endless, and for most of us, it begins with the journey of coffee tasting, with manual brewing coming right alongside. Our listener here is correct. The time one spends in coffee certainly influences the decisions made when brewing, choosing, and even tasting coffee. 
In preparing this week's episode, we felt great inspiration to uncover what one's coffee journey looks like in a broad perspective by constructing a coffee journey timeline, identifying where we sustain land on that timeline, and helping you to discover where you land on that timeline. But these things will be covered in next week's episode, so be sure to stay tuned. For today's episode, we have chosen to answer Isaac's question by simply reflecting upon our own honeymoon phase in our coffee journey. Since we are unaware of what stage you, dear listener, are in your coffee journey, it seems appropriate to clarify what Isaac means by honeymoon stage. While this term could be considered self-explanatory, we find that when applied to our time in coffee, there is a bit more nuanced understanding required. When we think of the honeymoon phase in a relationship, we would likely consider it as a time of utter bliss. In this time of bliss, issues that may exist are ignored or otherwise unnoticed, and all is exciting in the honeymoon phase. There's a sense of newness around every corner. These same concepts can be translated to our coffee journey. And when we think of the honeymoon phase in our coffee journey, as Isaac is referring to, we can think of it as a time of confidence in our knowledge. In this time of confidence, coffee and brew preferences have been found. Usually, the way one understands coffee at this stage has been heavily influenced by coffee mentors or other professionals in the industry. Another way to state it is like this. The honeymoon stage is where we have finally acquired enough knowledge, we know what our preferences are, and we can share our thoughts and concepts with others. Now we can begin to answer the question, what do we think about the honeymoon phase of starting in coffee? Well, we think it's real. As Isaac's observation assumed, the amount of time spent in coffee has certainly caused us to change the way we approach coffee. Let us observe a few things that we would consider honeymoon tendencies and how we have experienced them for ourselves. Firstly, clinging to initial information or limited resources. This first tendency is something that we notice a lot for those who are just getting into coffee, ourselves included. It could be said that what one learns first can be what tends to stick. A great example of this would be the rule of 15. This is a rule we were introduced very early on in our coffee journey, and it's one that is resourceful to recall when trying to understand the concept of coffee freshness. If you are unfamiliar with the rule, it goes something like this. Coffee is freshest, and if the goal is fresh equals better. 15 months after harvest, 15 days after roast, and 15 minutes after ground. Now, there are some excellent beginner principles in this rule, along with some potential chemistry explanations underneath. However, it is one of those rules that could quickly become one's end-all rule which is why we chose it as our example. The danger in giving concepts like these too much of our precise attention is that there are many times that rules like these are proven inaccurate. In our experience, we have been thoroughly impressed with coffee that would be considered altogether stale according to this rule. And had we clung too closely to our rule, we may have missed out entirely on enjoying an excellent coffee. Of course, we still believe that fresh coffee is usually the best way to fully enjoy a set coffee, but now we know the importance of not holding on to initial information and rules too tightly. 
Along with rules and concepts, another related tendency would be to stick to a narrow window of external education resources. When it comes to coffee education resources, it is easy to find one resource that is enjoyable and gives you the information you desire. There's nothing innately wrong with this, but it can be a slippery slope into narrow or one-sided outlooks. We have found it to be the most beneficial to find that one enjoyable resource, but pair it with as many other resources as possible, even if they're a bit challenging to read, meaning it's not uncommon to look outside of one's native tongue for coffee resources. Sticking to only one region of coffee. This tendency is one that we consider varying from individual to individual the greatest. Much like the aforementioned what one learns first can be what tends to stick, it seems it could also be stated what one first is impressed by, as in coffee region, can be what tends to be sought after. A lot of our friends like to consider this the chase the dragon moment, and we consider it to be related to emotion-based tasting. An example of this would be the first time someone tastes, say, a natural Ethiopian, that taste of blueberries. Experiences like these are understandably sought after and desirable to be repeated. But thus, the spiral incurs. One looks up and finds that they've only purchased natural Ethiopian coffees, and dare we say even turn up a nose to other regions? Again, this is understandable, but admittingly silly. We all have taste preferences, but much like the first tendency we pointed out, there is a chance of missing out on a lot of wonderful coffee if only a select few regions, roasters, or processes are being chosen from. Due to our own narrow perspectives in the past, we have certainly had our share of missed opportunities. The search for tasty notes lessened. Along with clinging to specific regions, another observation we have noticed that we are no longer doing is scouring over retail bags for preferred tasty notes to be listed. When picking out a new retail bag of coffee to take home, we have determined that it is far more interesting and a great chance to be pleasantly surprised to select a bag based on things other than the tasting notes on the bag. Of course, a roaster's tasting notes are valuable information, and we simply hope that the, that detail does not hinder us from trying a beautiful coffee that we may have been reluctant to try otherwise. Perhaps we should clarify. Say a retail bag of coffee that's sitting on the shelf has tasting notes of sesame, and you do not typically enjoy sesame flavor, especially in coffee. Yet when you taste it, you find that to your surprise, you really enjoy this flavor. We can recall our first few years in coffee, and it seemed like we were only searching for a few tasty notes and ignoring all the other wonderful options out there. Again, we still have our own taste preferences and hope to enjoy specific flavors. However, finding something that fits our preferences perfectly no longer seems to be our mission in our coffee tasting. Just as Isaac shared with us at the beginning of the show, his perception or understanding of coffee has changed greatly throughout the years. And upon reflecting on these honeymoon tendencies, as we have taken to calling them, it has caused us to realize that our perception has evolved as well. This leads us to our final observation of the day. Shifts in perspectives. 
if we had no other response to Isaac's observation of how time has influenced his coffee perspective, here it is. Accepting a said coffee as it is. What do we mean by this? It means for better or worse, whether it lines up with our desired taste or not, accepting the fact that having access to specialty coffee is both an honor and a privilege. The more we learn about farmers and the incredibly hard work that is required to produce but one bag of coffee, the more we see that it is how those individuals are recognized is of the utmost importance. Accepting that even if we do not particularly like a certain region, roast development, extraction, or any other adjacent term, the reality is, is that it's somewhat of a miracle that we can enjoy a beverage every single day that is the direct result of someone else's hard labor. This is where the shifts in perspectives have occurred the most, as knowledge and honor has increased. Perhaps you have not experienced this honeymoon stage as discussed today. Remember, in next week's episode, we will be observing a coffee timeline that we have constructed, identifying where we sustain land on that timeline, and hopefully helping you to discover where you land on that timeline. So stay tuned for that. Thanks for listening to Season 2, Episode 17. And thanks, Isaac, for the voice message. Would you like to be featured on the show? You can when you visit anchor.fm forward slash 901 cart you can submit a voice message otherwise to reach out directly you can do so at the email 901 sustaincoffee at gmail.com and also don't forget to follow us on instagram at 901 sustaincoffee there you'll see the day-to-day happenings as well as a chance to place an order for our new refill program no thought or question is insignificant to us So reach out and let your voice be heard. Until next time.
Yeah.